0: My name is Andrew. Right across from me, in our undisclosed location studio, is Jonathan. Greetings. Greetings, indeed. So Jonathan, the Chiefs are victorious again this week. Yep. Back to 500, no longer losing team.
1: 1-0 in our last one.
0: Yeah, yeah. So if you could, like, um look at my heart on, like, a cardiograph throughout this game, um I was feeling, I was, I was nearly dead at halftime. I think most Chiefs fans were. But then I came screaming back. Total, uh, total recovery.
1: You like that scene from the cartoon version of The Brunchy Stole Christmas? Mm-hmm. Where like his heart got bigger, except yours got three times smaller uh, leading up to halftime. But then mm-hmm. the second half, it got three times bigger. So it ended up being exactly the same. It's just science.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it, it was definitely a tale of two halves.
1: Or, as Andy Reid so eloquently put it in his yes. post game conference... A game of two tails. Oh. That is a quote there
0: from Andy Reid. Yeah. Uh would you care to give us a quick recap of the game? Uh well we won. Okay. And I don't think anything else is really important. I think we're done here. We won by like we, we won <laughs> by three scores, didn't we?
1: Yeah, something 18 like 18 point win. It was the final score was thirty one to thirteen, which I love the symmetry of that score. You
0: like the palindromic scores?
1: Yes, I love it. Like twenty one twelve Thirty one, thirteen, forty one, fourteen. That's a great one.
0: 11-11, Make a wish. Fifty
1: one fifteen. That's
0: that's a tough one to get. But yeah, you gotta be like you gotta have great offense and then also some strange decision making on the, the losing team. That's like That could be a score got me. That is uh That is a blowout and then five sad field goals. That's, that Ooh, is.
1: that's my favorite kind of field goal.
0: Yeah. I wanna look I wanna look up now and find a fifty one fifteen game.
1: Yeah, look it up on on score. Anyway,
0: 31-13 over the Washington football team, Washington.
1: Yeah, so if I were to narrate the game um, like a child's story here, it went like this. So the Chiefs started with the ball. Oh, wait, no, they started with the ball, right? Off to a smashing start here. Totally forgotten. (laughs) I think they started with the ball, and our defense held them to a three-and-out, which was great. Mm -hmm. And then our offense got the ball, and they marched right down the field, nice long drive, ended it with seven points. I was feeling awesome. It's true. It started as well as it possibly could. And then we held them to a field goal, and I was like, okay, I like where this is going. And then we went down the field, and we were in the red zone, and those nasty turnovers popped up again. Dun-dun-dun! Yeah. Uh Tyreek had a pretty bad tap-pass interception, similar to um, one that
0: he had like a week or two ago. Yeah, that's our favorite thing this year, is to not catch the ball, but instead tap it to a defender. Yeah. I feel like uh, we would have some great volleyball players in this team. We're
1: just setting guys up over here. Yeah, it's the wrong sport. But anyways, from that point on, things went horribly, and I don't know if we need to recount every little thing, but probably the low light for me was the most Jameis Winston-esque play that I've ever seen from Patrick, in a bad way.
0: Yeah, he, he kind of let God take control. Um, but...
1: Jesus, take the football!
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did not end well at all. No, no, it went very poorly. Yeah, yeah. Whenever
1: that happened, uh, what was your reaction? What were you feeling?
0: You know, it's funny. As we were watching the game, I think just none of us spoke. Yeah, it, it was, was just like it was stunned silent. This is so bad. I don't have a take.
1: I sat there grimacing, just staring at the TV in disbelief. Like that didn't happen. He didn't do that. Holmes would never do that.
0: Because you don't even think he's capable of making that
1: kind of play. Yeah, I thought like Taylor Heineke had like stolen the Chiefs jersey. You ran out there on the field or something. Yeah. As Mahomes. But it his, was bad. It was
0: okay. so bad. So his... Uh, up to that point, his last three halves of football had been, like, what people were concerned about whenever Mahomes was coming out um, as a draft prospect. Where they're like, well, he's a gunslinger. He's going to get you some points, but he's also going to make some dumb mistakes. He looked like Brett Favre in a good way and in a bad way. Yeah, oh. yeah. He really did. Um, and then on the defensive side... It, like you mentioned, we had some, some three and outs, some good stops, some forced field goals. Um And if you told me, hey, the defense was going to hold Washington to 13 points in the first half, I'd been like, okay, I'll take that. Uh But there was one very disheartening series where we had them pinned back like third and 17, and they eked out a screen pass, which just seemed way too easy. It felt like we were biting way too hard on the screen this week.
1: Well, we got a first down out of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then on the same drive, I believe,
1: it was like the next play. Yeah, they,
0: they ran a play. I, I'm not an up film guy, so I don't know. I only watched the games once. Loving but grinder. I've heard that Thornhill was out of position, which you know mm. this was his first game as a starter, so I'll give him a little bit of a, a little bit of a leash. And then like one half of the field of Chiefs defenders all bit on. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't even like a fake screen. Like how did he like do the pump thing? He just like looked. He looked off to the screen, and then everyone bit. And we had like two receivers streaking down the field towards no one, and uh predictable thing happened hey, hit whatever, a tight end touchdown
1: Whatever you can abandon your guy in the backfield to go stop a five yard uh screen pass mm-hmm. I mean you got to do that every time, right?
0: I think the problem is you got three defenders who are all sitting around there and thinking, "Well, these other jokers aren't going to go cover the screen, so I better, and then all three of them do the exact same thing, like a bunch of idiots, yeah so. To sum it all
1: up, mm-hmm. through the first half, it was looking a lot like what we had been seeing from previous weeks, which was bad sheets. Yeah, there were a couple times of, like, blown assignments and defense. We
0: made it look a bit like the Buffalo Bills.
1: But, mm-hmm. then halftime happened. Now, I want to just, again, gauge your feeling here. What, what were you thinking of halftime?
0: Uh, let's see. I think I wanted some more food. Okay. I was um. thinking maybe a little more football-related, but. <laughs> I mean, I think it part of me knew we were only down a field goal, but yeah, the the, the game was trending poorly at that point. Uh, I think I had seen the clip of Terry Matthew just, like, teeing off on everyone around him, which kind of encouraged me. And I think that's what happened at halftime, is that, like, they just went in there, and then the, the coaches turned the floor over to the Honey Badger, and he just screamed for 10 minutes straight, mm. just... No words, just screaming. Badger screaming. Screaming and then going around to each individual player and making eye contact and screaming in their face.
1: I don't know what a Honey Badger sounds like, but
0: I'm curious to find out now. Because I imagine it's time to pick it sounded like that. And then everyone got the message that Honey Badger is not going to tolerate any more of this crap. And we played That's our best bad. half of football uh, this year. Maybe even since last year. Whoa, alright. Yeah, it was, It was. I mean, I mean, I thought it
1: was good, I didn't...
0: It was 21 nothing in the second half, That's right? True.
1: yeah. Yeah, we held them. So things just completely turned around in the second half. Which, just to give you like my thoughts at halftime, I was worried. I still thought we would win because, like, I think I said before halftime that as bad as things were, it felt like we were playing with a huge margin for error, which mm-hmm. we were. So we we could have like eked out an ugly win there. But I was like, I really didn't want that to happen. I obviously didn't want to lose, but I didn't want to be close either. because yeah. then you would just feel like a moral loss in a way. Yeah. But yeah, they came out and pretty much did exactly what I wanted in the second half. They cleaned it up, no offensive turnovers. Um, basically, like I think they they might have punted on the first drive, but after that, it was touchdown, 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 twenty one points. Mm-hmm. And one of those at the end was the kind of drive that we've kind of we haven't seen from the Chiefs as much as I would like to, where it was like you know what I pulled up here, I got numbers. It was. It was a thing to beauty. This is the very last drive that we had, the last real one. I mean, mm-hmm. this was like quintessential, you know, step on their throat, put them out of their misery type drive. Let's see if I can find it here. Okay, yeah, here we go. Uh, Fifteen plays, ninety-six yards, and we took off seven minutes and eighteen seconds of game clock. That is the perfect like ice the game, drop it. It's yeah. just something we hadn't seen from them in a long time.
0: Well, that's kind of our game now, isn't it? It's like, that's what we have to do, is have these long, sustained, conservative drives. Yeah. Because it felt like the uh, footballs were trying to get the roof on our defense, you know, or on our offense with their defense.
1: Yeah, you know how we were having that discussion a week or two ago about, like, is that a talent thing or a schematic thing? Mm-hmm. Feels like they didn't have either of those capabilities to do that to us, really.
0: Yeah, you're right. I
1: mean, it's what they were trying, because
0: it's what everyone's going to try now. But, um, like, Hill still had a big game, really big game. He had a couple scores, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kelsey still had quite a bit moving the chains. So they weren't able to take those two guys out of the game. Um, Yeah,
1: we felt like we kind of breezed by it. But, again, I just want to say that the Chiefs defense... Held a real football team to zero points in an entire half of football. Well, and just
0: one touchdown. And just one touchdown on the day, yeah. And only two what I'm what I'm calling WTF plays where It's just like, what were we doing there? Well, only had two of those, whereas before we had like 10 per game. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was, I mean, the first half wasn't great, but what was, what was really encouraging to me is usually when the Chiefs win by three scores, it's because they got up huge early and then let off the gas as the game went on. This one, it's like we accelerated down the stretch. And that was awesome to see.
1: Yeah. Well, I want to ask you this, and I'm, I've kind of seen both reactions. There's kind of two ways of looking at a game like this. You can look at it as, okay, I'm going to take these two halves on aggregate. So, like, my final thoughts on the game are somewhere between those two halves, which would be, like, you know, mediocre about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you could look at it from the standpoint of the first half was – bad Chiefs that we've been the last couple of weeks, and the second half, they've got their act together, that's the good Chiefs, that's the, the Chiefs team that could win a Super Bowl. So,
0: how, how do you view the game, just as a whole? Um, I think momentum is a thing, um, hopefully they gain some confidence from that second half of football, yeah, we can do this, we can be the elite unit, I think we, can, we are. Um, I think what's going to be really telling, and this is not to get into the preview too much, but... Chiefs have come out flat in every game they've played this year. Okay, that's not quite fair, quite fair because they came out looking pretty good in the first couple of series of this game, but then quickly to turnovers and dumb assignment misses on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chiefs haven't looked strong in the first half in any game this year, I don't believe. So, if they come out against Tennessee and look really dominant, and it it's like, okay, this was a trend change, the Chiefs kind of hit rock bottom, so so to speak, on their mediocre season so far, and now they're playing like an elite team again, that'll be something. If it's like, you know, we get ourselves in a hole and have to dig ourselves out again, or find our identity again, uh, that's going to be like, okay, this team isn't really learning their lesson, they're not really making the changes they need to yet. Yeah, I think that's a good way of looking at, so what you're kind of saying is,
1: like, in my mind, it's like the next couple of games you kind of, color how we view this game Mm -hmm. so if we come out and we're just beating the brakes off of like the titans and the giants the next two games that we have coming up then we're going to feel like oh okay maybe that halftime of the washington game that was kind of the turning point of our season now we're in an upward trajectory or you know the bad scenario is we kind of have a similar situation with those games where we still deal with the turnovers and all of that.
2: Mm-hmm. We still
1: have like a half a football where we look bad. And then maybe we'll be feeling like, well, this is just kind of who we are. So yeah. I guess, yeah, it, it's interesting. You could you could kind of take a positive away from it or you could, I don't know, just
0: view it as the same. Yeah. I will say that the change, or the, the kind of the change in the fortunes of the team, if you're looking at this as a turning point, Lined up very neatly with certain players getting a lot more playing time. Like this was a, a bigger week for Juan oh, Thornhill and the really Gay. Uh,
1: were there some important position changes?
0: Yes, uh, Daniel Sorensen, uh, who who is frequently cited as the oldest chief on the defense, which I think it's a bit ages, but it's true though. Yeah, nice. yeah, oldest, slowest, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. He's probably slower than some defensive linemen.
2: Well, uh, okay. <laughs>
0: He uh, got relegated to the role he's held successfully for years in the Chiefs organization, which is third safety slash reserve player. Like he's on the field for certain packages. He's a dime linebacker. He does not need to be single high or double high. He's not a coverage safety at all. He's in there to basically be a, like, a, like a dime linebacker. and That's the role he played. And he was actually pretty successful. He didn't have any too bad. Like We didn't see Dan Sorensen posterized this week.
1: It sounds like he moved back to his natural position. He did. Like that one Chiefs offensive lineman that you yeah. told me about earlier.
0: Yeah, and Want Thorn will move back to his natural position of starting safety.
1: Yeah. Also, I just want to like push forward the motion that we refer to Dan Sorensen whenever mm-hmm. he's playing bad and Dirty Dan whenever he's playing good
0: and making plays. What cool. do you What do you feel about that? Uh, he's Dirty Dan if he's forcing turnovers. Okay. Or hurting guys or whatever. Or, yeah, like... I mean, they call him Dirty Dan. You targeting know. people with his helmet. Yeah. You know, typical Dirty Dan stuff. We need the grit on this defense, <laughs> and if Dirty Dan is providing that, then he's dirty Dan. Otherwise he's Daniel Sorensen, Esquire, whatever. Alright. Yeah. Fair enough.
1: Alright, I got I got some more thoughts I could fire off here. Um, so Thornhill wasn't the only kind of roster change that we saw. Um just to clarify he did still play thirty two percent snaps. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, fine. I think he's fine in that role. But Thornhill got in there, 100 percent of the snaps, which is what we've all
0: it, wanted all along. It's a complete role reversal, and it's exactly what needed to happen.
1: Yeah, I'm just glad they didn't try to roll him out there again as the starting safety. Because I, I know maybe some fans are not inclined this way, but I don't, I don't like rooting against, or not maybe rooting against, but I don't like having to bash our own players it felt like we were in a position where we had to do that to him because he was such a liability back there.
0: But I don't even really feel like it was his fault personally. It's like, this is who he is now. You're asking too much of him. This, it felt more like a coaching issue than a personal – or a, like that specific player issue, yeah. you know? Which, I mean, I you could say they
1: should have done this earlier. I think that would be fair. But they made the change, and I think they're going to stick with it. I don't think there's any way to go back to the way things were mm-hmm. – um, Willie Gay got in there a little bit. He got in there a lot. Wasn't a whole lot. I think he, I think his snap count was around 90, 25%. Well, I noticed him a lot. But... Hey, if, if he's only in there that much, he noticed him. I mean, he was making plays.
0: Yeah. We got a little flash of what we've all been hoping for with Willie Gay and Nick Bolton playing together in there. Hitchens was out. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what happened to him? Got a hit on the funny bone. Ooh. Yeah. Ouch.
1: Yeah, I, I remember him, like, getting kind of banged up, but I wasn't sure if it was, like, he was gonna be out for the game, but I think it was.
0: And that was one of those where I was like, oh well uh, okay. okay. alright. Yes. I
1: mean. I mean I see what you're saying that like I know I don't know if it was a massive downstep to go from Hitchens and Bolton to Bolton and Gay. Oh I Neiman. think that's
0: that's a, at least parallel move. Um I think the the draw hop nominally would be more from Hitchens to Neiman. I'm not even sure how much of a drop-off that is, because it feels like Neiman at least knows where he's supposed to be.
1: Yeah. Was Neiman involved in that um
0: touchdown play where there were two different wide open receivers in the backfield? He was, yes, but also I'll counter with saying why was a linebacker covering the deep of the field. I don't know. Stuff happens sometimes, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't there's a part of me that thinks all those guys thought they had safety help, and this is all actually Thornhill's fault. But I'm trying to protect a narrative right now that Thornhill playing more improved the defense, so
1: yeah it it shouldn't shock us though that Thornhill comes in and misses some plays. I mean he just he hasn't played consistently
0: in that position for a while now, yeah again we're we're happy with our special boys because they only had two or three of those like bonehead plays, yeah, that's improvement, good, good job, guys, yeah,
1: it's all about improvement, Andrew, yeah, it's not about where you are, it's about where you're going, if we're going to be maybe an average defense. Hopefully. It's all I've ever wanted. <laughs> mm. uh, that's pretty much all I had on defense. I saw a couple of good plays from Frank Clark. I don't know if I want to take too much from that. He got totally robbed of the sack that one time.
0: Yeah, we had some legitimate pressure this week. I really felt. Yeah. Which is great. Did we, have, we had some real sacks, I think. Some actual sacks. I think we had some real sacks. Not as many as we should have because Heineke's an escape artist. Yeah. Dual threat. He's a, a, a scampy little dude. Mm. Um... But at the same time my, my concerns about the Chiefs deep or Chiefs pass rush just being too easily run up field um continues. Yeah,
1: the there were definitely some plays like that. I
0: would like to see us have a bit more contained, because um, that's gonna hurt us any time we play like a Josh Allen Lamar Jackson type. Um yeah, that's all I really had other than um, you know, we're not doing game balls yet, but Rashad Fenton continues to show up and up to know. the point where I feel like he deserves top three corner consideration every week. Yeah, that's a good catch. I, I meant to talk about him. I I think he's a solid NFL quarterback. He's been like the the ray of light in the, the defensive morass we've had over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um like he's he's had some great like pass breakups, batted balls, things like that, so yeah, he feels like, you know, if you're identifying parts of the problem and parts of the solution, I feel like you can put Fenton in the solution column pretty easily.
1: Well, while I was thinking about it. If everyone gets healthy, which I know that's not a given, but if everyone got healthy, on paper, our secondary rule, like Tyron Matthew, Juan Thornhill, Dirty Dan coming in every now and then.
0: He's and like, he's sort of only overbacks. for... Sorensen's only for whenever we need a, a fluky turnover. <laughs> That's what whenever, yeah, whenever we need some kind of wacky hijinks, that's when Dirty Dan comes in. And I don't know exactly
1: how much that's planned, but that doesn't seem to be what happens. It's all based on feel. So anyways, you got those guys. Then at quarterback, you'd have Rogerius Sneed. Who had a good game. Yeah. He's been, he's, he's been a little bit up he's and down. He's been up and down. On the hole. like, I'll, I will take it. I'll have to take it. Yeah. So Sneed, Treverius Ward,
0: when we get him back, and then Rashad Pitt. That That's a secondary that I like. I yeah, think that could be a street. That's good to great safeties and okay to good quarters. That'll yeah. work. Yeah. We don't we have a we don't have a lot of depth at safety, you know, no like our discussion was with Dirty Dan there. And I've heard um I've heard people talking about us bolstering the depth at safety in some form of free agent or trade signing. Uh because yeah, if if God forbid Honey Badger goes down, well, we cannot make it. Honey Badger can't die. We can ma- we cannot make it with Dan and needing to be one of our top two safeties. That's just not an option.
1: I'd rather just not think about that if that's okay.
0: Yeah. The cornerback. I don't know if it's great, but you do have
1: like some dudes that aren't going to be totally terrible, like Mike Hughes and
0: DeAndre Baker. Yeah. You don't want to roll them out there, but they can come in if you need them. Well, too. you're you're just you're not going to have four starting caliber corners. So yeah. you can have three of them and then two decent guys who shouldn't be relied upon too much. You're in good shape.
1: I didn't really mean to go into like a deep roster discussion on our secondary there, but I just kind of want to point out that if everything goes according to plan, it could look pretty good.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So that's pretty much all I had on defense. On offense, um, did we have to talk about turnovers? I mean, we kind of
0: already did, didn't we? There yeah. was one other turnover was on McColl, because every now and again, McColl... I don't know, this wasn't really even his fault, was it? I mean, it's like he was being dumb. I
1: mean, it wasn't like he just dropped the ball. It was a forced turnover, but it was definitely one of those where like, ball
0: security was an issue, and that's what led to the turnover. Yeah, we, we've talked a little bit a little bit about whether the turnover luck is random or if it, if there's something the Chiefs are doing uh, to kind of court these clumps of turnovers. I'll say that I think if, even based on what's happened so far this year, the the book is out on the Chiefs ball security, and yeah. people are going to be trying to peanut punch and strip every time that they can. So. It's either you, you make it a priority to protect the ball or this will continue to happen. Yeah,
1: and if you remember, this kind of happened back in 2019, I think. I do, I do. You remember that. there was that
0: Lions game where yeah. they
1: started punching the balls out and mm-hmm. saw everyone doing that.
0: Well, then you saw, like, TJ Watt on Sunday Night Football, like, assaulting the runner just by like, punching the heck out of him. That dude, that dude's a monster. Yeah. He's insane. But that's kind of, it's kind of both in vogue in the league and it's, uh, it's a way to try to steal one against the Chiefs is by open that ball out, so it's either out. either you know you can, you can sit here and say, "Oh, this is random. and There's nothing we can do," or make it a priority to actually protect the ball.
1: I think it would be incorrect to say that this is all just turnover luck. Mm-hmm. I think it would be equally incorrect to say that it's all just the Chiefs screwing up. It's it's kind of equal parts. It's like you're you're being a little bit too loose with the ball, so you're setting yourself up for having bad luck, and then you have it. Yeah. So it's like, you know, how teams sometimes, they make their own look, been mm-hmm. making their own look in a bad way.
0: So I'll, I'll break these turnovers into a couple different buckets here, okay? The most egregious is the Pat Mahomes trying to do too much turnovers.
1: The, the James Winston turn.
0: Yeah, that's whenever he, he's, like, getting sacked, and as he's going down, like, whenever he's two inches off the ground, he just, just flinks it out there, hoping that it gets out of bounds. Uh, We've got at least two of those that got picked off. That just needs to stop. He needs to learn how to throw it away or take the sack by another day. Yep. Um The second is um, drops that turn into interceptions. That's the, the, the set Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, the, and the answer there is just cut out the drops. Yeah. Um, just stop dropping. I, I think that there you, you will probably not see drops turn into interceptions at that high of a rate, continuing out throughout the year. But like anything, cut out the drops and take care of that. Uh, and then the third is just you know. I, I, it's not like the Chiefs have necessarily been like swinging it around there like a bread basket, like uh, Sean McCoy or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's just you—you you kind of emphasize having two hands on the ball as you're going down, or you're subject to someone you know punching the ball.
1: I think part of it is that we're a team that loves the big play, mm-hmm. and we love big passes, and we love a lot of yards after catch. So you get a lot of guys that are trying to maybe just do a little bit too much with their possession. Yeah. Because there's been a couple of times where don't get me wrong, I love it whenever a guy you know fights hard and gets that first down or something. But there's definitely times where I'm like, dude, just go down. It's not worth risking getting that ball punched out for another yard, especially if you're not like the running back mm-hmm. that can really get two hands on it.
0: Yeah. Speaking of
1: which, great transition, me. Wow. so, Let's talk about the running backs.
0: Well, really, they're running back, right? Uh, no, there was two of them out there. I'll, I'll give nine points to Darrell Williams and one point to uh, old Jarrett McKinnon, but they all did pretty well. Hey, Jarrett McKinnon, we'll, we'll talk about Darrell here in a second. Jarrett McKinnon, he had that one
1: awesome play. Yeah, with early. his opportunity, he went ham. Yeah, I, I forget exactly if it was like a design screen or maybe just a check down, but he got the ball. There was like three defenders between him and the first down. Yeah. But when I saw it, I was like, oh man, he's not going to get it. And then he got it, and then he just kind of juked a guy out, and then fought two, through two more, just got some,
0: some nasty yards there, got the yeah. first down. He, he fought dirty for five yards he had no yeah. right to.
1: And that's, that's what you need out of your running back.
0: Well, and well, that's what you need out of your power back. He's like a receiving back. I think he's yeah. just full of piss and vinegar. Yeah,
1: I think, he, I think he's going to have some big, some big plays for us here.
0: Yeah, I do too. I, I, think, I think if you're trying to replicate Clyde, you have equal parts Darrell Williams and Jerry Cannon. Yeah. Probably a little more on Darrell Williams. Now, about Daryl, Daryl now, let's get this right down. Yeah. So Daryl or Darrell? It's Daryl. Because Daryl rhymes with barrel. Daryl. I'll uh, to call him Daryl the Barrel. No, that's not Daryl. Okay. That's okay. like Darrell Revis, but Daryl. Okay. Okay. Daryl okay. Williams.
1: Okay. He was great. He was everything that you need out of a running back. It wasn't like a superstar Derrick Henry performance, but it was like every time that he got the ball and he needed to get some yards— Mm-hmm. Or had the opportunity to, I should say,
0: he was getting it done. So
1: I thought he had a great game.
0: Yeah, he did. And he's got a he's got an interesting running style where he's like we like to say a downhill runner. Yeah, uh, he's powerful when he's running, but he's got just like just the minimum amount of shake he needs to, to fool a couple guys. Uh, you know, he's not just a complete downhill runner. He'll actually he'll move a little bit, and he can he's got good vision too. He seems to be able to find the hole in the cutback lane pretty well. Yeah,
1: I. I want to fire off a take here, but I don't want to be mean. Go for it. So I'm just going to say this a little bit more quietly. This is just between me and you and our listeners, so don't don't tell anyone, listeners, please. I think the combination of Daryl Williams and Jarek McKinnon might be an upgrade from Clyde. (laughs) Because there were some plays this Sunday where I was like, I hadn't really seen that much.
0: Probably true. Probably, probably true.
1: Probably true. So I don't don't want to hate on a guy when he's
0: injured. I um, still feel like Clyde is not being utilized the right way whenever he's healthy. Um so we'll see what happens when he comes back. But yeah, I think you're right, honestly.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um another important roster move that happened, and I don't know if this was like something that's gonna continue forward, but Yang was out at right tackle and Mike Rimmergge was back in. hmm So did you notice rumors at all during the game?
0: Um, not in a bad way. Did you notice them in a good way? I did. In that, I noticed that how little I noticed Chase Young. Oh, you were like, this is weird.
1: Holmes hadn't got sacked in a while.
0: Yeah, because I mean, Chase Young—he's—he's he's right up there with any pass we faced this year, and he—he he was almost completely absent from the game. Yeah. Um, I think the Chiefs did an amazing job of, of game planning around him. Um, in part with having kind of like a moving pocket bootleg style of play,
1: moving pocket, like running away from him, mm-hmm. like uh, reading him. Just I thought we did a lot of stuff. Yeah, around him. And
0: maybe this is another compliment for the running backs, but um, it felt like they did a good job of chipping or, or cut blocking him, so that he was out of the play whenever Mahomes was doing those bootleg plays.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean Young didn't. I don't think he even had a sack, much less much of a. Sure. He, he he did have one sack. It
1: was more of a coverage sack, in my opinion. Okay. But uh, he did get one, yeah.
0: Yeah, but I mean, he's capable of taking over a game like someone like a Miles Garrett or a Joey Bosa. So I'm happy that he uh, we kept him at bay as much as we did. My take on
1: Rimmers is that I did not notice him all game long. Mm-hmm. Which, for an offensive lineman, that means you had a good game.
0: Now, th- I think you're, you're probably still seeing a player in decline in Rimmers and a player on the ascent in Niang. Is Rimmers old? Oh, uh, he's like, yeah, early 30s, I believe. Okay, that's, that's not too old for an offensive lineman. Oh, uh, yeah, but he's not getting better. Yeah, so. I know. He, he's probably like, this is this is kind of the peak of what we're going to see out of him. Yeah. Uh, I see what you're saying, though. Uh, so I think my my point here is this is not like, a, oh, Niang got replaced by Mike Remmers, and this is the way it's going to be forever now. I think this is more like Niang was a little bit hobbled and also probably a little bit struggling because he's still figuring out how to play as a rookie. So let's give him a bit of a reprieve. Get Mike Remmers in there, um, and hopefully, you know, maybe it's not next week, or who knows? Maybe if it's just don't miss some success. But I think we have not seen the last of Niang starting at right tackle this year.
1: Well, yeah, I was I was going to ask you just that, and you kind of answered it there. If you thought that was going to be like the thing going forward, or was it just a uh, guy was a bit injured? Mm-hmm. It was worth noting he was active for the game. Mm-hmm. So well, it's it, not uh, it's not exactly as if like. You know, he just could not get in there and then just had to come in and replacement. Yeah, you're right. And, I mean, we've seen from Andy in the past that sometimes whenever he's, you know, making a change, he's like, oh, he's a little, you know, he's got a knee, you know. He's got a little knee, so we'll we'll get the other guy in there. So, I don't know. Something to watch.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I, do, um, I do like what you said about how Yang. You know, we, we're we not really seeing the best that he could be right now because he's still a young guy. So, I could see the case to get him in there, get him a little more reps, mm-hmm. especially if you think like he's going to be a guy for us going forward. I think so. But for now, it's nice knowing that we have a backup that can come in and you know hold his own. Yeah, that's new. Yeah. Super Bowl withstanding. Just keep, keep him on the right side. <laughs> yeah, like keep, him, keep him at his natural position over there on the right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, another thing on offense, we don't have to talk a lot about it, but Tyreek and Kelsey... Mm-hmm. Those guys are tough.
0: They really gutted it out this week, didn't they?
1: They get a lot of credit for being these like really talented um, upper echelon athletes, mm-hmm. which is fair because they absolutely are. But they're also like pretty gritty dudes. Like, yeah, they just both of them were pretty banged up
0: this week, especially Kelsey. You yeah, see, he was struggling all day long. I felt oh. bad for him watching him because it just it looked painful. The way it he did was, the way he was moving around, the hits he was taking, the way yeah. he looked coming off the sideline? Yeah. Uh, part of me was like, okay, man, let's just go ahead and take off. But then, you know, Jenny Fortson got hurt, which is very unfortunate. Yeah, that sucked. And then we're down to two tight ends, one of which is Tyrus Kelsey. Yeah. Going
1: back to Fortson real quick, he had an awesome catch. Yeah. He, like, jumped up and caught over the ball. Yeah. or Caught the ball over the defender. It was sweet. And then he tore
0: his ACL. Mm-hmm. Was it? Yeah, it was the ACL. Or was it Achilles? Achilles. It was Achilles. Achilles. Ooh, yeah, that's even worse. I mean, he's, he's done for the year, unfortunately, that kind of injury. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um I was it's it's a bummer because I was kind of holding out hope for him being like the third option in this offense behind Kelsey and Hill because he I, think, I really think he's got that level of talent. Uh but he's still a young guy. I think he's like what, 24, 25? Yeah, pretty um, young. So he's still got time to establish himself if he can get healthy. I think he put enough on tape this year, that the Chiefs staff will be very big on him, and he'll he'll probably have a roster spot going into next year. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, he's, I think he's a
1: benefit to the football team. I like his, you know, personal story is great, Mm -hmm. so I really hope he's able to make the team next year and, you know, kind of continue where he, pick up where he left off, so to speak. Mm -hmm. It sucks that we lost him. I I know it's not like a a massive hit, he wasn't like an every-dime guy, but... It's clear that the Chiefs liked him in the goal line, mm-hmm. which is something I've kind of seen across the league this year, is that everybody are getting these, like, really tall tight ends to throw two in the end zone. So, like, your uh, Mo'Ally Cox or, like, Donald Parham type. Mm-hmm. So, it uh, kind of suck. sucks that we lost our guy there. But, uh, maybe we will be back next year.
0: Yeah. Um, let's see, what else? On offense, uh, you know, talking about the third option, this is one of those games where they couldn't really contain Hill or Kelsey. Um, and part of that's just going to be those guys finding ways to get open because it feels like they're used to the pressure now. Mm. They're used to teams trying to shut them down, and they can they can work around that. Um, but we did see I, I know at least a big long touchdown for each of McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson,
1: right? Yeah.
0: Oh, maybe it wasn't a touchdown from Demarcus Robinson. I think it might have been a long pass.
1: Let me check the score box. Real quick. It might have actually been Cringel.
0: But they were both able to get behind the defense and contribute in that way. Um, so that's encouraging me. That's a step in the right direction, um, because we need explosive plays from uh, other sources other than Hill and Kelsey. Now, the the real you know where the Chiefs really need to be eventually is where they have that third option that they can rely on for an entire game against an elite opponent. So, like if the Bills or the Chargers decide to shut down Kelsey and Hill, it, can we rely on Michael Hardman or Josh Gordon or Byron Pringle to? you know, get 12 receptions for 150 yards or something like that, like half of the game of their life. because so that's going to have to happen um, if we're going to beat some of those two, better teams that can really shut down what we want to do on offense.
1: Well, related to that, we didn't see a whole lot of Josh Gordon out there this
0: week. I didn't see him at all.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think he had some plays, but I don't I, don't I wonder if he had any catches. I wonder why that was if they tried to dial him back this week for some reason. I think maybe it's just taking a little bit longer to get him in there mm-hmm. full speed than uh, they thought it would initially. Could be. Because it sounded like whenever he first came in, it was like, oh yeah, I'm totally ready to go. I know the playbook. It's like, eh, maybe you don't know it quite as well as you need to yet. Yeah. But I, I do think they'll kind of work him in there a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, week by week. We will see. Um, any, th- any other thoughts before we move on to the game balls?
0: I don't think so. Let's get those game balls.
1: Okay. Can
0: I go first? Go. Yeah. All right.
1: I want to hand... Nice big game ball to Daryl Williams. I already talked about him, so we'll go into it again, but I thought he had an all-around great game, and if he could keep doing that, I think we're going to be just fine at
0: running back. Yeah, I think I've been kind of downgrading his entire, or underrating him his entire career, just because he's always been, like, the fringe roster running back, you know? Like the guy behind Mm -hmm. Damien Williams, or behind, like, I don't know, whoever, McCoy or Bell or whoever we had that we tried to bring in. He seems like
1: a... a a backup guy that we we're always trying to improve upon. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but hey, he's doing well. And uh, this is a bit of a tangent, but let's let's play this out a couple of years and say, like, Clyde runs out his rookie contract, right? Yeah. And some other team decides they want to pay him a ton. So then we're looking at what should we do with the quarterback situation, or the running back situation. Uh-huh. I'd rather see the Chiefs stick with a Darrell Williams type who's going to go the ball and do all right, but have minimum investment, then continue to try to find like a super dynamic player out of the backfield, but then not really use them the right way, or not really know how to use them. Um, I mean, I think Kareem would have been the difference maker in this offense if he stuck around. But we're at the point now where we'd have to pay him, and it's not probably worth it to pay him, especially when we're paying Mahomes. Um, and, yeah, I just... It's been proven time and again, it doesn't really seem to make sense to pay top tier for a running back, or invest top tier resources in running back, so I feel comfortable with, like, the Darrell Williams level of talent moving forward.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree, and I don't think we're the kind of offense that's going to even utilize, like, a dominant running back that some other teams would. Yeah. Because we, I mean, they're involved, obviously, but we're not uh, We're not a run first team by any means.
0: The, the only thing I could, I could think of is if we can, if we can happen upon, like, an Alvin Kamara, who's, like, just able to 100% change the game as either a running back or as a receiver out of the backfield. Also, that's, the, that's what we would need.
1: The best way to do it is, like, every year or two,
0: mm-hmm.
1: well, not maybe not quite that often, but every couple of years, spend a, you know, third, fourth round pick on a running back, because that's where a lot of those really dynamic guys pop up at. Yeah. And just, you know, they'll be serviceable, probably. And maybe they'll hit, and they'll be a really dynamic player like Kareem Hunt was. But yeah, I, I definitely don't think we should be paying uh,
0: any running back really top dollar. Yeah. All right. So on my so on the offensive side of the ball, I'll give my game ball to Mike Remmers for right. shutting down Chase Gunn Yeah. And for overcoming the specter of his horrible Super Bowl performance. Yep. Second one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel yeah. I just I just made a set with the game ball. Okay, yeah. good job, Mike. Nice job, Rivers. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna say
1: anything about the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, do you want to give uh, game balls on the defense side of the ball?
1: Yeah, I want to give one to, and this maybe not complete deserves, but one for one. For one, I think coming in and proving that he can be the starter, mm-hmm. and two, so that we don't have to complain about Dan Sorensen anymore.
0: Yeah, I think uh, he's improved my mental health just by doing the starting lineup. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I'm, I'm not just sitting there like scratching my brain about what on earth is going on. Gotta, at the safety position, gotta take care of the noodles. Uh I'm gonna give my game ball to TerShawn Turk Orton. Oh yeah, yeah, you're because crazy interception. He just jumped up there and snagged the ball out of the sky to seal the deal against uh, the football team. And I, I don't really know anything else that he didn't really did this week as a defensive player, uh, but man, it just felt like it had been ages since we've properly forced a turnover against our opponent. And that was just great to break that streak.
1: That's what has felt so bad these last couple of games where we keep turning the ball over, is not only has our offense been turning the ball over, our defense hadn't been getting takeaways of their own
0: Yeah, at all. That It might be possible that that was our only half of the year that we won the turnover battle.
1: <laughs> well, we won it in the Browns game. Are you sure? Mm. Yeah, I thought Mahomes threw a an
0: interception a couple of passes
1: before that. Um, well, I guess maybe it depends on how you like count that like muffed punter thing. Uh,
0: okay, uh, yeah,
1: I, I I consider that to be a turnover because basically is. But anyways, yeah, it was one of the best ones we've had in a very long time. All right, my turn. Yeah, go for it. I want to give one to Andy Reid, which might sound a little surprising, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I felt they did a great job of designing an offensive game plan that was clearly designed to take Chase down completely out of the game, mm-hmm. and they
0: mostly succeeded in that. Yeah, it was nice to see them really tailor their game plan to the opponent. Which is great, because they're going to face a lot of defenses that have one
1: really dominant defensive player, like you know the Charger with Joey Bosa, maybe if we see the Browns, Miles Garrett again, um, a couple other teams I can't think of right now, but. Or oh, the the Raiders with Max Crosby, that guy is really good too. Mm,
0: yeah. But uh yeah, it was nice to see that. You have any more? Um no, I think I'm I'll, I'll i have been effusive in my praise, I'll save my game balls for future victories. Okay. Can I give away one one more tiny one? Just put them everywhere. Yeah, go for it. Small one. Right. Tiny I mean, balls. This is a small
1: one. This is like one of those little kid sized ones. Okay. Uh to Nick Bold Because they're Thought he had a pretty good game, and there was a couple of times where I saw him, you know, being decisive, meeting the the running back
0: at the line of scrimmage, and like filling hard. So it was nice to see that. Yeah, yeah, good to see some good linebacker play finally. I think it's been ages. Yep.
1: Okay, so to kind of wrap up here, Mm -hmm. I want to have kind of a brief discussion on, like, how much should we take away really from this game. Because, you you know, there are the naysayers out there and be like, oh, this is just the Washington footballs, they're terrible, Taylor Heineke is no good. So is this just like a total wash in your mind, or is there like some legitimate takeaways that you could have from this game?
0: Uh, yeah, I'll tell you two things here. One, um, I think the Chiefs are, the Chiefs should not consider themselves above any team right now. Like, we should not be like, oh, well, of course we're going to beat the footballs or even the Giants in two weeks. Uh, I don't think we should overlook any team, so therefore any victory uh, should be celebrated. And I think second thing is, if you think that the footballs are a bad team, I think most people probably would at this point, a 31-13 to win, that's the proper mark of the victory against a bad team. That's what you should do to bad teams. Um, and I was very encouraged by the fact, like I mentioned before, that we finished the game on a high note rather than a lot of our victories from last year where we would get out to a big lead and then start the coast. That just kind of left mm-hmm. a bad taste in your mouth.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, on offense, it's it's really just about the turnovers. We just don't turn the ball over. You're going to be fine. There's really no issue there aside from that. On defense, I thought this was maybe the most encouraging performance we've had all year. Because I know people, you could look at it and be like, "Oh, Taylor Heineke, he's no good. Mm-hmm. This doesn't matter. It's not a legit thing to hold him to thirteen points." But mm-hmm. they—they've been putting up numbers on people. I mean, not like crazy, but it's not like they were just an anemic offense that hadn't been scoring at all. Yeah, let me read you the points that they had scored. Uh, so this is the Washington Football Team. Uh, week one, they put up sixteen points, but that was with Ryan Fitzpatrick, so we can't throw that one out.
0: They upgraded their quarterback.
1: <laughs> Week two, with Taylor and Meineke, they put up 30 points on the Giants. I know, Giants put them in 30 points. Mm-hmm. They put up 21 points on the Bills, who have a great defense. And they put up 34 points on the Falcons and 22 points on the football team. Or, sorry, <laughs> 22 points on the Saints. So what you are saying is we, we're the best defense they played this year. All to say that yes, the Chiefs' defense held them to the lowest point total that they've had this entire year, including whenever they had their starting quarterback. In
2: mm-hmm.
0: So I know it was a bad offense, but optimistic. I think overall you can feel good about the defensive performance this past week. Yes, which is it's been a long time. Yep, you gotta
1: gotta get them when you can find.
0: Yeah. No, I really do. I think this could be, this is something to build on. This is a turning point for the team. can be. To take care of business the next couple weeks. Yep. All right, so I guess later
1: this week we'll kind of preview the Titans game coming up. Maybe a little around the NFL. We never got to uh, talking about the AFC. Yeah, we'll probably, Uh, maybe we can do that in our preview podcast. Had a scheduling conflict last week, so weren't able to record a Thursday show. But uh, I guess we'll we'll make up for it. We'll, we'll like a three hour episode later this week. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> how, I don't know why this
0: that. keeps happening, but it feels like the Chiefs' opponent for next week keeps being the team that's playing on Monday night. So I kind of like it. It's like a nice full preview for it. It's good in two ways. One, we get to preview the team, uh, the Tennessee Titans that are playing the Bills tonight, uh, and then two, it's a short week for who we're playing. It's true. Yeah. Advantage us. Exactly. Yep. What do you? What's your prediction for tonight? Um. The Titans are a tricky
1: team to figure out. They've been really bad. Their defense is really bad, like as bad as the Chiefs has been. Ooh. Yeah, I know. It's, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. Strong words. Either. It's true. But I don't think that they're going to be the team that lost to the Jets because they, they didn't have A.J. Brown and they didn't have Julio Jones for that game. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of throw that game out. Um, I think if they have both of the receivers, they'll... It could be a, a feisty game against us, and I don't know. I don't. I don't think they'll win tonight. It could be a blowout, but they might. They might give the Bills a bit of a run for
0: their money. The Bills to me feel like a team that's good for one or two like haywire losses per year. Yeah, like that was against the Steelers. I know that was Mirage Week and all that. Um, but if if a team kind of catches fire and gets the right game plan against Allen and gets them frazzled, uh, I, I could see them dropping a couple this way.
1: Well, and the, the Bills' defense, kind of their weakness for years now has been against the run, and that's what the Titans like to do with Derrick Henry.
0: So if he really gets going,
1: I don't know, it could be interesting.
0: So one more thing in kind of reviewing this past week and thinking of where the Chiefs are right now. Uh, the Ravens won convincingly against the Chargers. Yes. Which tells me two things. Uh, one, especially with the, with the Ravens having one loss and a win against the Chiefs, it's unlikely, it, it's, it continues to be unlikely that the Chiefs have a shot at the one seed in the bye week in the playoffs. Yeah. But, but we are one game out of first place in the AFC West. And I know we have we have to get the chi- the tiebreaker against the Chargers. So we have to beat them uh, whenever they play at home, air quotes, <laughs> um, in Los Angeles. Uh, but I feel good about this. I, I, th- I think having seen the Chargers get humbled that way by the Ravens, it's kind of making me think maybe the division's a little more open now. Um, and, the, yeah, both the Raiders and Broncos, I think, are in situations they're not going to be competing for the division this year. So, maybe, maybe we continue our streak in the AFC West.
1: Yep. And Thursday, I've been working on a list of frauds in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And let me just say that there has been kind of trampling on my take here because some of those teams, they might be on the fraud list.
0: Oh, boy. You, you want to stay off that fraud list. Oh, Yeah. yeah. Alright. Well, I think that is it for our B- Bills... uh sorry, man. Get bills in the mind. <laughs> uh, They're in your head, man. <laughs> Living rip-free. That's it for our Washington football team uh, review podcast. Uh, please stick with us until our preview podcast. Probably dropping Thursday night or Friday morning. Depending on how late you stay up. Uh, any other thoughts for this week, John, before we sign up?
1: Um, the arrow's pointing up. Mm-hmm. The arrowhead is
0: pointing up. Oh, okay. I got a, I got an off the wall one here. Good. Uh, I know you are a huge TikTok fan, right? Um, no, opposite yeah. of that. Yeah, you love to watch the influencers. No, see nope. what the hottest nope. dance that the kids are doing? Absolutely nothing he is saying is true. Yeah. Continue. Um. So, do you have any thoughts on Patrick Mahomes' esteemed younger brother? Oh, okay. So, <laughs> wondering where that was going for a while. Huh? I thought we were
1: wrapping up. We got another like five minutes to go here. Bob. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I did a little diving, deep diving yep. into. The Reddit sphere to uncover the truth of this situation. And here's what I found, okay? Whenever you watch the video, it looks really bad because he's like dancing on clearly on like Sean Taylor's number, which that was the the great Washington football team player that they retired, his number at halftime. Mm -hmm. Uh, So obviously you can see how that would appear to be disrespectful to him. However, that's where The Washington football team put all the Chiefs VIPs. Yeah. There is photo evidence of, like, a dozen people just kind of in there in that little weird chained-off area they had. They told them to stand on the chained-off area where the number was. Yes. Now, I I think what happened probably was, like, a screw-up. Mm-hmm. And that the chains were probably... Someone probably put the chains there to be like, stay off this area. And then some other Washington football team staffer got confused and thought that was like where we're putting the Chiefs VIPs for this game. Because mm-hmm. so I guess they always do that. Yeah. And so they put them there. So it was kind of... I, I don't want to defend Mahomes or Jackson Mahomes too much. But in that particular case, I don't think it was his fault.
0: Yeah. A couple things here. One... I don't think Jackson Mahomes knows who Sean Rock or Sean Taylor's is. Oh no, actually not. So it's not like he's like, oh, I'm going to go disrespect <laughs> this this beloved Washington football player. I hate
1: the number twenty one.
0: Yeah, by doing TikTok dance on his number. Mm-hmm. Um, you would prefer someone have a little more awareness about them to know what the situation was and why the number was there. But this kid's like what, seventeen years old? So I think he's quite a bit older than that, unfortunately. Well, he acts <laughs> like he's seventeen. So, yeah. um, and then. Second thing is like this I I might have a bit more sympathy for this this wild take if it weren't uh kind of a giant misdirection by the football team to keep everyone focused away from the larger Gruden uh email scandal. Yes. Which I really we don't have time to get on this podcast. Maybe we'll do like a deep dive some Which point. they were like this is not
1: even like tinfoil conspiracy hat that's absolutely what they were doing
0: yeah just trying to get out of the bad press so i think this is like the most manufactured outrage coming from the football uh football team if
1: there was any owner that would get into like his own head with like 3d chess nonsense like that it's dan snyder so wouldn't surprise me yeah also have you noticed that like maybe it's just like a statement about what a superstar mahomes is now but seems like his family gets critiqued way more than I ever expected would happen with the Chiefs quarterback. Well, there was like a, what didn't his mom say that, like his mom tweeted? Yeah, his mom was like, you know, just saying typical mom things. Like, yeah. oh, that interception wasn't on Mahomes. But she was right. That's correct, Mrs. Mahomes. Yeah. That's her name. But, uh... I, just, I think it's so weird to care about a player's family. Like, I don't know. Did you, oh, yeah. yeah. you? Do you ever hear about, like, football players families outside I of mean, life? I I
0: don't know if I heated? hear about it, I don't care about it. And I never I'm never going to be like, oh I want to talk about what these people do off the field or what they think. Yeah, that's so I don't know. Why would you care about that? That said, um if I were Patrick Mahomes, um <laughs> I would have all of the yeah. all all the family get off social media. Yeah, don't some words. Yeah, don't do not do not tweet. Do not TikTok. Which is a shame because apparently Jackson Mahomes has decided that's his lot in life is like to be an Instagram influencer, or TikTok, whatever.
1: It can't be easy to
0: have your sibling
1: that's like pretty close to you in age be Patrick Mahomes, and you're just. A dude, we've <laughs> got like eighty percent of the same DNA. Just go be a mediocre athlete somewhere else. You like don't. A, if you were like a quarterback in the NFL, I don't, I don't know how I would handle that. It's like I would be happy for you, but then people would be like, "So what do you do?" And like, uh.
0: <laughs> well, hopefully, you wouldn't say I'm a TikToker. No, I definitely would not say that. <sighs> okay, we have we have yeah. talked as much as I want to talk about TikTok and that and, and the Mahomes.
1: That was uh talking Mahomes family.
0: Yeah, never again on this podcast. People don't
1: like his wife too. Though. Uh, not like Chiefs fans, but like other NFL fans don't like his wife for some reason. she tweets? Yeah. I don't don't know. I think it's just haters. I think it's a lot of people that hate Mahomes and so they're going to hate Mahomes' family.
0: It's all dumb, but it comes back to our our central social media policy here at the Chiefs Bros Podcast. Don't tweet. Don't tweet.
1: Unless it's the official Chiefs Bros Twitter account. That's the only one you should
0: follow. Which,
1: in that case, man, just go crazy. Keep it here for all your Chiefs news. Fire him from the hip. Yep.
0: All right. Okay. So we actually
1: gonna end now. Yep.
0: We're done. All right. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs.
1: Thanks for listening to another episode of Chiefs Bros. Subscribe to the show on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Chiefs Bros. We'll talk to you later.